chapter 2. In chapter 2 of the Kitchen Shulchan Aruch, we're discussing the laws of the morning Metilas Yodai. We're going to Previously we discussed waking up and saying the Modeani in your bed. And now we're going to discuss washing of the hands. Before we see it inside, I want to discuss three reasons why we wash our hands in the morning. And each one of these reasons is very important and will have practical applications momentarily. Moshe, why do we wash our hands in the morning? Some, he wants to walk in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Why do we wash our hands, Moshe? Uh, we wash hands, I think, it's because of, uh, you know, the night, uh, neshama, uh, you know, the uncleanliness of sleeping. Because of the un- so the first reason we wash our hands, not the first, I should say one of the reasons is because at night our soul leaves our body and impurity comes. So that's one reason we wash our body. You, a lot, you wake up a lot of bacteria and germs on it. Good. Good. So what, an- another reason we wash our hands is because they, they're dirty. That's actually the reason that the Rosh gives. The Rosh gives the reason. He says, you wash your hands because they've touched inappropriate places in your body. What's the third reason we wash our hands? To clean our uh, body and soul. Well, that's, from that's, that's what Moshe said, because you became impure at night. So you have the impurity, the spiritual impurity. You have the physical impurity. Physical and what's the third in, reason? In a, re- in a room, dirty and The third? Emotional. Dirty and everything. Emotional, I appreciate that. The third reason is that we are all priests. We're all Kohanim. And the Kohen in the morning, when he would come to the temple, he would wash his hands and feet in preparation for the service of Hashem. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Micha. Good morning. So three reasons. Number one is, we're starting chapter 2 now, we're learning three reasons we wash our hands. One is because of spiritual impurity that came on your hands when, you, when your soul, part of your soul left at night. That's the Zohar tells us. The Rashba tells us we wash our hands because every morning we're serving Hashem new like a Kohen in the temple and we need to wash our hands. And the Rosh says we wash our hands because they've touched places in our body that are normally covered and therefore you need to wash your hands. These three, in order for us to say the name of Hashem after washing our hands, we want to ensure that we have the reason of the Rosh and the Rashba both there. In other words, in the morning to wash your hands and make a blessing, you need to have slept, so your soul left your body, and touched places in your body that are inappropriate. But if you stayed up the whole night, well, you don't have both reasons. We're going to learn you shouldn't say the blessing. And if you went to sleep, But you already slept. But if you went to sleep and then you woke up and washed your hands and went to sleep a second time, well, then according to the Rash, but that says you wash to prepare for serving Hashem, you don't need to wash a second time. We'll see these details inside, but let's bear these three reasons in mind. Do you have to wash your hands when you take a Shabbos nap when you wake up? We're going to discuss that. Let's see that inside. Somebody asked me that. I said, I don't know. We're going to discuss that. 
Because a person ar upon arising from his bed in the morning is as if he has been created anew. You're a new person. For the purpose of serving the Creator, may His name be blessed. He must therefore sanctify himself by washing his hands with water from a utensil. You're like a Kohen. You're, you're coming to serve Hashem. In this, he is similar to a Kohen who would sanctify his hands daily from the Kior prior to performing his temple service. A Kohen will come every morning and wash his hands and feet from the Kior that was near the altar in the Holy Temple to prepare himself. We too need to wash our hands and according to some opinions, feet for this reason. But here the kids are just saying the hands. Right. In preparation for the service of Hashem. Okay, but just like in the temple it was done from a vessel. Similarly, one rule we've just established is you don't wash from the sink. You can't just turn on the water. You need to put the water in a cup. And pour the water from the cup on your hands. And we even have a, a source from the Torah, although this washing the hands is not something the Torah itself requires. This is a rabbinic enactment. However, we have a source in the Torah. Let's see that inside. While this morning, hand washing is a rabbinic enactment, there is a scriptural support for this washing, as this verse says, I will wash my hands in I will wash in cleanliness my hands, and then circle around your altar, Hashem. To proclaim thanksgiving in a loud voice. So, first the verse is saying, I'll wash my hands and then I'll serve Hashem. So here we have a scriptural source in, in enforcing or, or supporting this idea that when you wake up in the morning to serve Hashem, you need to wash your hands. Any questions? Is there any connection between this concept of being able to do that with a loud voice and how you just wash your hands? I appreciate that question. To the best of my knowledge, there is, there is no connection, and, and uh, actually we're going to learn something I talk to the students about often in davening, that uh, screaming or, or talking loudly is a questionable in, in prayer. Um, Hashem hears us. And, uh, even a whisper? Even a whisper, Hashem hears you clearly. As long as you have said the word that you could hear, that's good enough. So thank you for pointing that out. Okay. However, there are times... As it says here, in a loud voice. But just in case when you pronounce this. According to the... In prayer, we say, not only do you need to pronounce it, it should be pronounced that you should, I, you should hear it. That's the minimum um, that you should be. Correct, correct. But we're going to talk more about that in the laws of prayer. So I want to put that aside momentarily. What's another reason we wash our hands? Since during sleep, when one's holy body, when one's holy soul has departed from his body, so what happens is when you have a vacuum, a spirit of impurity comes and rests on his body. Okay? No. So now you've become spiritually impure. Now when he awakens from his sleep, this impure spirit departs from his holy body. Very fascinating. So Moshe, you slept, you went to sleep last night. So when you woke up in the morning, in some level of impurity came to your body. When you woke up, it leaves except for your fingers. The spirit, the spirit of impurity stays on your fingers, from which it does not depart until he pours water upon them three times in, a, in an alternating fashion. You see, what's fascinating is when we wash our hands for bread, we have one way. 
Why is it in the morning we have this interesting way of once on the right, once on the left? The spirit of impurity leaves when you wash your hands three times in an alternating fashion. That's the reality of it. Any questions? Yes, Yitzchak. If you're married, who washes your hands first? The husband or the wife? Whoever wakes up first. Oh, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah. Now, because you're carrying impurity on you, therefore, we don't want your impurity to continue anywhere. We want to, we want to remove it immediately. And therefore, it is prohibited to walk four amis, approximately six feet, without washing one's hand in the morning except in cases of extreme necessity. So you should not walk for Amis without washing your hands. And as we actually learned, yes, last week, ideally you should wash your hands without even, you should say Moda'ani in the morning. And you should try. We want to make sure this impurity doesn't get anywhere. So this is a custom. Our custom is, we don't even put our feet on the ground. We lean over, so we prepare water the night before in a special kvart with a basin to accept the water. And then in the morning, without putting your feet on the ground, you lean over and you wash your hands, once on the right, once on the left, three times. It does say in extreme circumstances you could go up to four, up to four cubits. If you need, you're allowed to walk to the sink to get, to get the water. But again, ideally, we should try not to. Any questions? Yes, please. Um, so I practice yoga in the morning. Yeah. Uh, to, it, um, to prevent from touching myself in inappropriate ways. And it works very well. But um, so I'm freed from that. In a sense, the dipics left and I, and I became freed from a lot of things. From the so to, so we're learning here that to remove impurity, there's a specific method, and I, that is the three the washing of the hands. Right. So I do, I, I do that. Like first, I do some like yoga on my bed, and then I um, say the modayani that I'm awake, and then I go wash my hands. So private practice, I could discuss. We'll discuss later. And I don't. Want, and I'm saying that because last week we learned the first thing to do is immediately say the modayani in the kitchen. So you should immediately say the modani, and ideally you want to remove the impurity as soon as possible. But we could discuss more if you'd like privately. Sure. Number two, what is the first garment you should wear? So ideally, and again this is a technical <coughs> issue, we could discuss more about it later, but I, ideally if you want to sleep with your tzitzis is good. That comes with certain complications. So many people don't wear their tzitzis at night. It's our custom, we wear our tzitzis at night, but if you don't, the first thing you should do is you should put on your tzitzis. That's number two. The first garment once you put on should be his talis cotton, his tzitzis. Why? Because just like we said, you don't want to walk for amis. With impurity, you also want to make sure that wherever you go, you're wearing a mitzvah on you. So that, as not to walk for amis without wearing tzitzis. However, since... You're putting on your tzitzis before you've washed your hands. You should not recite the blessing on them. So the kitsa here is saying you'll say moda'ani, put on your tzitzis, and then wash your hands. Another way, like I think 
if I'm not queen, I can, you know, begin because uh, before oh, I put scissors, I, I have to pronounce uh, prayer to Hashem, and I'm not queen in this way. And I'm going to my bathroom, washing my hands, and then I. Uh, We're gonna. This is good. This is good. We're gonna be leading straight into this. So the first thing is you need, want to get out of your bed. To get out of your bed, we're saying you, need, you want to put on your tzitzis and wash your hands. Now, you're still not really clean. Um, and that's going to be, where will we talk? Oh, in number seven, if we get there today, we'll talk about, about going to the bathroom and how important that is before we talk about God. Let's, talk, let's, let's jump to number three. How do we wash our hands? This is beautiful. Our right hand is kindness. The right represents kindness. The left hand represents givura, strictness. We always want to start with the right. That's why it's our custom, even though it goes against the law of the land, so to say, that we try and put our right of our jacket on top of the left. Right? Generally, they may, but the right should go on. The right should always be overpowering. And therefore, even in a simple thing as picking up a kiddush cup, with which hand do you hold the Kiddush cup? In your right. So how do you put it into your right hand? Through your left hand. But I don't want to start with my left hand. So first you pick up the Kiddush cup with your right hand. You put it into your left hand and then you lower it into your right hand. The same thing is with such a simple thing as picking up the cup. You're going to wash your right hand first, but don't pick it up with your left hand. Let's, let's do the kinds way. Pick it up in your right hand, put it to your left hand, then wash the right hand. Let's see that inside. The procedure for the morning Nitilas Yodayim is as follows. One takes the utensil filled with water with his right hand, and then you transfer it to your left hand. You then pour the water first onto your right hand. After this, you put the container into your right hand, and you pour it on your left hand, and you do this three times. It's unbelievable how detailed halacha is, and how beautiful the reasoning behind it is to really give us a life of meaning. Okay, so... We know how to pick up the vessel. How much of your hands do you need to wash? If you remember, we said the impurity goes on what part of your body? Your fingers. And therefore, we're going to say, ideally, you should wash until your arm. Until where you're... But if you can't, you must do the fingers. Even on a day of, of Yom Kippur and Tisha B'Av, where you're not allowed to wash your hands, you're not allowed to wash with water, we still wash our fingers because of that impurity. We need to get, we need to get rid of it. Yes? Up to the... I had heard up to the knuckle. Is it the, the, the bottom knuckle. knuckle. The bottom, the bottom knuckle. knuckle. In other words, the entire finger. So on Yom Kippur. The entire finger. Yes, absolutely. It is proper to wash the hands until the wrist. However, in a pressing situation, if you don't have water, it is sufficient to wash until the knuckles that join the fingers to the palm of the hand, as you mentioned. So now you should also wash your face. Why? Because you look like God. And, and we need to walk around as a beautiful image of God. You should wash your face in honor of his creator. As a verse states, for in the form for in the form of God he made man. We look like Hashem and we need to act appropriately of that. And uh, because, because we're formed in the image of Hashem, we want to make sure that we wipe our face and look appropriate. Rabbi, yes. Everybody tells me don't walk in the bathroom with your towels, but why can you walk in the bathroom with your chickens? I don't understand that part. That's an outstanding question. Well, t- let's talk about a moment. In just a few chapters, we're going to talk about the laws of tzitzis and remind me then, okay? Same, it's, it's a very, very good question. But it's, it's just not for here, okay? 
Right. Okay. Now, also your mouth. Your mouth has saliva. He should, you should also rinse out your mouth because of the saliva that builds up in it overnight. And you're going to say, you're going to say God's name. You want to make sure you're saying it in holiness and purity. Afterward, you should dry your hands. And similarly, you should make sure to dry your face well. So we've gotten into some of the nitty-gritty here. Let's get into it. We, we're in bed. We, wash our, we pick up the cup with our right, put it into our left three times. We want to make sure we, we wash to the minimum where the, knuckle, where the fingers connect to the hand, ideally to the wrist. Um, we said you should go ahead and wash your face, rinse out your mouth. Um, and it's important to dry your hands and face well. Rabbi, yes. I can tell we're trying to go quickly, so I'm sorry for maybe the difficult question. It says we're supposed to wash our face because we're formed in the image of God. Of course, we know that God has no physical form. Yes. And this, that, that, that verse is said uh, to, to talk about uh, our inner nature, not our external form. How then do we see that... Is it, are there features of the face that reflect certain aspects of the divine? So the question being asked is that if Hashem is not physical, how do we look like Him? Mm. Is, that, is that correct? Yes. We've got a beautiful face. Well, I, and I also want to add, aside for you, you who have three siblings who look exactly alike and can't tell them apart, <laughs> I could tell everybody here apart. I can't so, tell my brother apart. I can't tell me apart. Do you know, or do you get confused if you're Moshe? No, you know you're not Moshe. You look different. So how could we all be in the image of Hashem and say we're, exa- we're all... It's confusing. Um, so, and so the Mishnah tells us Hashem has one stamp. And this is one of the miracles of Hashem. The, the, the Talmud in Sanhedrin tells us that Hashem has one stamp that He made everybody in and everybody looks different. It's one of the miracles. So the fact that we all look different and all look like Hashem... It makes sense, but I can't explain it. <laughs> um, now, you're asking, Hashem is not physical. Let me just extend this halacha, that we look like Hashem, goes so far that, God forbid, if someone did something really bad, and he needs to be removed from the physical earth, and the method the Torah prescribes is through hanging, the Torah law is, you do it and you immediately take him down. Because you don't want someone to be disgraced and that person looks like Hashem. Mm-hmm. So in other words, this law that we look like Hashem is something so extreme that even in a negative we say, we don't want someone, we don't want someone embarrassed. Because not only are you, it's, it's actually an embarrassment to Hashem. So what does it mean we look like Hashem? I don't know all the answers. But I do know that something we learn a lot in Kabbalah is that the makeup of the human body is directly reflective of the spiritual components of the worlds above. And actually we're going to talk about this in Tanya soon. That this, just this morning I was learning. I was learning about our hands. Like we just said, the, ha- the hands represent kindness, and severity. Each part of our body has a certain representation um, and acts accordingly. So, the physical body is a direct reflection of the spiritual components um, of God, so to speak. Does that help? It does. Okay. Thank you. Yes. So we honor those parts of our face, so to speak, that, that 
that, that have the that reflect the divine characteristics. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And feel free to ask. Yeah. Okay. Um, number four. You remember we just said that your hands are impure. This is so serious that the impurity now goes on to the water. When you're going to wash your hands, those, those wa with water, the water you wash with is now impure. And it's so serious, you want to make sure that you dump out that water in a place no one will ever go to. It's, re it's impure water. Let's see that inside four. You should wash your hands in a way that the water falls into a utensil. And in addition to that, it's forbidden to benefit from the water used for washing. You can't give it to your animal. For a spirit of impurity rests upon these waters. And because of this, you want to make sure to pour it out in a place where people do not walk. So when we talk about, <laughs> it's actually interesting to reflect on this. You know, sometimes we, we think that there's a physical law and a spiritual law. But what you're seeing here is that the spiritual law and the, and the physical law are one. We're learning here that this, the, it's, in other words, the idea of spiritual impurity is not something that some people practice. The, the basic law is telling us that when you go to sleep, there is a spirit of impurity that comes on you, and you need to get rid of it, and it's getting rid of it is so serious. You, how you wash your hands, and not only how you wash your hands, that water is now impure, and make sure that no one gets, that uh, you don't even feed it to your animals, or that uh, you pour it out in, in a place where no one will walk. And we say that that would be today a toilet. If you dump it into a toilet, you're getting rid of it in a safe manner. Oh, no, I, f I felt like you have a question. Okay, <laughs> number five. Wait, what do you do if there was no switch? When there were no sewage, what did they do? Ah, so actually the halacha is talking here in a place where there's no sewage. Now, it, it, you used to wash your hands on the floor. Just let, what's the problem? You have a dirt floor, wash the hands, let it go into the ground. Here we're actually learning, yeah, you need to be careful to wash into... So, for example, if you're washing for bread, it's not, to the best of my knowledge at the moment, yeah, just wash your hands and let it go into the ground. But in the morning, you have to wash it into a utensil and take it outside, in back of your house, where nobody goes, and dump it out there. Wow. Number five. Again, this, this spirit of impurity is so serious that you're, that's on your fingers. Do not let your fingers water. touch. You yes, realize, please. You realize that water gets recycled in a lot of cities. It goes to a water can and gets recycled. Like Sewage water? Like from the toilets? Yeah. I, some, I don't know how yeah. it is important, but it's some recycled. Mm -hmm. Certainly all water on the earth eventually gets recycled. I mean, there's the big... Recycling well, plant in the sky, right? So it's not, yeah. we, I would assume that the, the spirit of impurity doesn't re remain on every molecule of the water. Yeah, there is, and I appreciate that. There is an idea of of it becoming nullified through its meeting this mass amount of water. We learn about nullification. So I don't know the specifics of that, but that does make sense. That once it's once it's in the sewage, and then it's kind of um, re. Well, it definitely gets filtered. Right. Uh, gets, right. Uh, I don't think it gets. So, our message is at the moment put it into a safe place. Let's see. And I appreciate don't that point. Drink from it or use it to wash your dishes. That's <laughs> the point. There you go. No, but here we're learning that spirit of, imp of impurity is so serious that you shouldn't rub your eyes before you wash your hands. 
Don't touch your nose, your mouth, your ears, or your bottom where there's opening is in your body. Any place that there's an opening in your body, don't have your hands touch there because you don't want that spirit of impurity going anywhere else. Prior to washing one's hand in the morning, one should refrain from touching any opening of the body, whether it's his mouth, his nostrils, his eyes, his ears, his rectum, nor should he touch any food. You don't want to put that on food. Nor if you just uh, let blood, again, and you have a little puncture in your skin, you shouldn't touch that area because the spirit of impurity rests on your hands before you wash them and can cause harm to these things. So let's talk for a moment about this. Um, if you did touch food in the morning, is that a problem? So the answer is no, ideally not. Similarly, what happens if people come to your house that haven't washed their hands? Um, and like, do you need to go and make them wash their hands? Or if you have people... This spirit of impurity comes on you, and yes, ideal. Let's just talk about children. Kind of, children. Sometimes people aren't particular to wash their hands, and again, children is not going to be. Um, it's it's ideal, personally, from the youngest age. I, I wash. I try to wash my kids' hands, um, but if someone doesn't wash their kids' hands and they touch food, that's not a problem. Any questions? Yes. Yeah, I got a somebody told me you're not clean. You take a shower, you're using tap water that has chemicals in it. So you get out of the shower, you're not clean. So the definition of cleanliness according to halacha and what that person is saying is different. And, and we're not going to discuss that today. Here we're talking about right. spirit of impurity on you. Right. Um, should we learn one more or should we stop here? Let's learn one more. Number six. How do you wash your hands? In other words, can you use apple juice? And can you use the apple juice container? And can the apple juice be poured by Micha's robot? Right? You prepare, imagine this, you imagine you put a robot near your bed in the morning. And when you wake up, you have some button you press, and boom. The robot, the bed turns over, turns your hands, I don't know, you know, works it out. It is proper to be scrupulous when washing the morning with regard to the laws pertaining to three items. The utensil. In other words, you should have an unbroken utensil. And number two is, you should use the appropriate water, meaning it should be at least a minimum of three ounces of water and it should be water. Apple juice would not be okay. And thirdly, it should be poured through human force. So the example I gave before of a robot pouring apple juice from an apple juice container, there's three issues with it. An apple juice container itself is not an appropriate vessel. We're not learning here why, but it's not appropriate. Apple juice is not appropriate and the robot is not appropriate. So we want it to be done by a human using water and an appropriate vessel. Just like the laws of Natilas Yadayim that we're going to learn for a meal that we're going to learn in chapter 40. However, in pressing circumstances, 
if you do not have the proper conditions available and you want to pray, so then wash your hands from any utensil with any type of water without human force. So in a worst case scenario, you could use that apple juice bottle in, a, in the bottle, poured by a robot. And you could still say the blessing of Al Tilas Yodayim. How, now, what if there's a river nearby, it's better to dip your hands into that water three times, or even snow, rather than what we said, using the inappropriate vessel, water, and not being done by a human. But if there's no... Okay, fine. So here we've said it, if you can't get an appropriate vessel, liquid, and a human to do it, it's okay. To dive in and to pray. What happens now if you don't have any water at all? And you know what's going to happen if you don't have water? The impurity is not going to leave your hands. The spirit of impurity leaves your hands in a very specific method. So if you, however, if you don't have any water available, wipe your hands with something. Now you can't say al-natilas yadayim washing your hands. Instead you'll make a new blessing of al-nikios yadayim regarding the cleanliness of the hand. And this is good enough for praying. But it's, it's not good enough to remove the spirit of impurity. And therefore, later, when water and suitable utensils become available to him, you should wash your hands again, but without reciting another blessing. So, the spirit of impurity leaves in one way, which is the alterna alternating the washing of the hands three times. However, if you don't have that water, we still want you to pray and learn, so rub your hands or, or wipe your hands on something. And later, when you can, rinse your hands off appropriately. So in the case of a person who hasn't set the water by his bed in advance, perhaps they should wipe and then walk to the sink and wash? I appreciate that you asking that question. So, wiping only allows you to learn Torah. It doesn't allow you to walk. It doesn't help the walking scenario. So you should walk to the sink. I don't, I'm not, I don't think there would be a reason to also wipe your hands. Okay. Um, yeah. Let's recap and conclude. We started off talking about two reasons. The third reason that we mentioned at the beginning of the class will be mentioned in number eight. But in this, in, in the Kitter itself, we've learned two reasons for washing the hands, which are number one, in the morning you're a new person, like a, pre, like a Kohen, you want to prepare for serving Hashem. And number two is because of the spirit of impurity. And we shared to remove the spirit of impurity, you need to wash your hands in, in an alternating fashion which you should first pick up the cup in your right hand and put it into your left hand, etc. You should not walk, ideally, without washing your hands. You should put on your talis to be your first garment. When washing your hands, wash until your wrist, ideally. If, in case of uh, you're not able to wash to where your fingers connect to your, to your hand. You should rinse out your mouth and wash your face, and wipe your hands and your face appropriately. We started getting into the details of, of the impurity of the water. Keep it, um, keep it away from, the water should not be used for anything, and you should keep away the water from anybody. We said your fingers are really, there's a spirit of impurity, and don't let your fingers touch any opening in your body. And we concluded sharing how ideally you, need, you want three things when you wash your hands, which is you want it to be in a, an appropriate vessel with water and poured by a human being. If you can't do those three, 
but you still have enough water, you should do it and make al-natilas yadayim. If you don't have water, you could just wipe your hands to allow you to daven and pray, to pray and learn, and later on when you have water, you'll go ahead and wash them appropriately. Next week we're going to be talking about how when we praise Hashem, actually our whole body is praising Hashem and we need to clean our body, actually go to the bathroom. We're going to continue talking about different scenarios of not sleeping at night um, or if you go to sleep during the day. Um, and we're going to conclude this chapter with something fascinating, which I think is we could all learn from, which are many scenarios where you need to wash your hands. Um, for example, walking into a bathroom. Not using the bathroom, walking into a bathroom. We'll talk about that. Any questions before we conclude? Okay, thank you very much. Have a beautiful day and a beautiful week.